Praise God. So we've been in this series and we've been trying to take a little bit different of a spin uh, than the regular, you know, the regular perspective around relationships. And we've been trying to really just challenge, uh, challenge ourselves, but also challenge you around the importance of loving yourself so that you can effectively love others. How many of you have been blessed by that so far? And so the first week we talked about the importance of self-care. The second week we talked about, uh, which was last week, we talked about uh, the importance of being whole so that, this is where we started that uh, journey of looking at being whole so that we can effectively love in romantic relationships, Mm -hmm. Uh, but not only that, just even in friendships and things of this nature. And just one of the biggest uh, blessings for me, you know, as I think about uh, relationships today, especially we want to focus on familial relationships and what it means to be family. And one of the biggest blessings, I remember, you know, we actually lived, uh, I lived on my own. And I think you you did as well from the same age or a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay. So from when we were 17 years old, I moved from Scarborough and went to the States. We went for school. And just being out there, you know, I, the man and them were having a, a blast, fam. Like, I mean, live, growing up here in Scarborough, you know, under lock and key with my parents and in a pastor's house and all of that, you know, just leaving and being able to go out there. It was incredible to have some freedom. The man were wilding out, you know. But the thing is that while I was by myself out there, you know, one of the things I love so much about God is that throughout my journey, he was so intentional uh, about placing family members Mm -hmm. in my life, even though they weren't flesh and blood, even though they weren't, you know, people that I grew up with, uh, you know, he, he always would seem to put mothers in our lives and in my life and you know and who would who would always be checking up on us and making sure that I'm okay and making sure that I ate food you know and they they would just kind of come out of nowhere especially through Christ community and brothers and sisters who would check up on me and 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 who I could confide in and do life with how many of you know that we're not called to do life alone amen and it's incredible that even in times when flesh and blood relatives are not around. I just love our journey because God has been faithful to send mothers and fathers, people who would pour into me, especially as a young man. It's, you know, my parents are still alive, praise God. But being away from them, it was just such a blessing to be able to have uh, some people who would step in those roles in our lives from a distance. Who knows that sometimes water's thicker than blood? Come on. You know, they say, well, you know, blood. It's sometimes it's even though we're family, there's relationships that come in our lives that are stronger than the bond than our own family members. So good. And we've been so blessed that God has placed some handpicked people in our lives. Like when we moved, we're, we were two Canadians that um, two Canadians that met in the U.S. Mm-hmm. God obviously really wanted us together. Mm-hmm. And um, when we moved to, um, especially Grand Rapids, we literally knew no one in that town. And but God. Uh, we met these two couple couples at church, and we started hanging out. What was so crazy is when we first became friends, all of us, the three couples, we were married about six months. And um, after that, about a year later, after we met them, I had Gabriel, and all these girls were in my, actually in the labor and delivery room with my children. We've seen them, um, their kids, and now it's, we've all been married 12 years. 
now. And between all of us, we have about seven children. And they've walked through the hardest and darkest parts of my life. And I would have thought that family members or even friends from back in the day would be there. But there's been such an amazing that God's put people in our lives for those seasons. So, you know, we sometimes we get um, hung up on that we don't have strong bonds and families. But sometimes God will play some amazing teachers, you know, friends, bosses in your life that will really transform our life. Yeah, and I think this is so important. This is, again, remember, we're trying to really kind of challenge uh, our perspective around um, around relationships in a traditional perspective and view because there are a lot of you, especially who are here and we're aware and cognizant of the fact that you have broken homes. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of you who are single parents or your dad might have walked out you know, when, at an early age or you, know, you may not have uh, living relatives. There are some of you who are in this case or parents might have forsaken you and left you. And, and so the, the thing is that uh, although there is this ideal perspective around families and what families should look like how many of you know that the ideal is not the norm unfortunately in our world today Mm. you know and so I don't know about you, but God, you know, as we've been praying about this and we were thinking about sharing today, yes, we believe in family. We have three children. We've been married for 12 years and we, we love family, but we especially feel like God wanted us to share around the importance of understanding that family, especially within a Christian context, goes far beyond just flesh and blood. Amen. And I believe that God has plans. God has plans. And so point number one, point number one, uh, our definition of family needs to be expanded beyond flesh and blood. Mm-hmm. Let me say that again. Our definition of family needs to be expanded beyond flesh and blood. And so, you know, when you think of family, yes, of course, Praise God and we celebrate the fact that we still have mothers and fathers alive and, you know, we have children and flesh and blood. But God's desire, I believe, God desires for your family to be bigger than just your flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. And not only this, but also, and, you know, as we were talking about, I I tell, I was telling the men yesterday at our men's gathering, at our men's meetup, you know, I'm so glad Mm -hmm. that my sons and my daughter are not just looking at me to see what it's an, what an example of a godly father and mother and brother and sister looks like. Mm-hmm. Is there anybody that's excited about it? I'm so glad that my kids get to look at Leon and be able to see what a godly man looks like. You know, I'm so glad that my daughter is going to be able to grow up and be able to have Raquel in her family and to see what a godly woman looks like, you know, and, and Catherine and, and Jessica and Laura and Trudy and all you guys that my daughter is able to look and they don't just have to look at my wife, who is an incredible example, but their family is so much bigger. Mm-hmm. Our family is so much bigger, you know, and when we have that perspective, that's why we say welcome home when you walk through the door. Mm-hmm. Because we really believe that home is here. And, and for those of you who might have come today and you don't have natural family or you may feel like you're all alone in this world. I don't know what you've been through, but I want to tell you that home is here. Come on. And I want to say welcome home. Mm-hmm. You belong here. Mm-hmm. You might even have a crazy uncle or a crazy auntie here, too. Don't have to wait for the barbecue for that. <laughs> Glory to God. I just want to say, too, you know, you know, some of us here have exes, ex, um, ex-relationships or ex-spouses. Um, we have or, you know, 
people in our families have passed away or, you know, we have had um, enemies, frenemies, whatever. But you know what? God is a restorer is. in relationships. Come on. And I really believe that sometimes we're always looking, we're looking for... Um, we're always looking for, I feel like, the people in our lives that we've grown up with or even our families to be the thing. But a lot of times we don't have to look far. There's people that want to be your friends, but we are looking for it in a different way or a different form. And sometimes we reject that. And I think about people at work, even not before, I, like back in the day when I used to work at a traditional job, um, I would think, you know, oh, they probably don't know what they don't know me because they don't don't go with what I go through. But if you don't talk to anyone, you will yeah. never know someone's story until so you open up your mouth. You would be very even in our house. I love five on five Sundays mm-hmm. because you get to hear the stories of people in our own community here that they're going through some crazy stuff and they're survivors. Come on survivors of things and so don't look for the perfect person that looks oh they look the part oh they probably know they can identify with me no it can be anyone that you work with or even in your um at school that really can be walk alongside you in the journey of life it's so true and i I think about i always think about people like uh like courtney right like you know and when you're talking about when you just look at people and you just courtney is one of the most incognito people that you would ever meet in your life he is, yo, this is a dude that like, he will be, he'll say, he's a man of few words in general. You see him up here and he's playing the keyboard and he's smiling. You know, he is in his zone and he's jamming out. He's doing his thing. But you would never know, you know, he's a kindergarten teacher. Not only does he teach kindergarten. Someone said, wow. Uh, he, somebody said, wow, right? You know, but he has some of the greatest wisdom bombs. Yes. Yesterday, we were sitting there in the men's meetup and, you know, and I forgot what. Oh, yeah, we were discussing communication and the power of communication. And he just dropped a wisdom bomb. Mm, he just put it. He just snuck his hand up real quick just to the side, you know. And I, we all learned so much. We were so blessed. I'm like, I'm so glad we got a Courtney in our family. Come through. You know. Stop looking at people and judging them based upon their demeanor. They may have the key to your deliverance. That may be the person that has the that has your deliverance in hand. That might be the oh my, I just feel it. But that might be the uncle that you were looking for. Come on, there might be some aunties in here. You're saying, see, that's the thing. Some of us, especially, and this uh, Pastor Damian Bassett, who's one of our overseers, he always says, you know, you're as connected as you choose to be. Come on. People a lot of times be coming up, they show up to church and they be like, nobody's talking to me and I'm all by myself. And you be hiding, you be ducking and diving, you be trying to rush out before the end of service, try to get to the door and dip there as soon as as, as soon as the uh, the benediction is said. Man, it's like, hold up a second, fam. You can't charge people up for not connecting to you if you don't make yourself available. You know those people that talk about nobody wants to date me and nobody wants to be in relationship with me. And you stay in the house and you keep the door closed. You don't go nowhere. You know, you don't. And, and, and you, if you truly want to connect, there are. We, we, I'm telling you, you're hearing this from the pastor. Welcome home. Mm-hmm. There are, we want to be connected to you. We want to do life with you. But I think you're only going to be connected as you choose to be. And so we encourage you to open yourself up, you know, just 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 a little bit. You don't got to just put yourself on blast right out the gate. But open up because there are people who are here and desire to be in relationship and family with you. Yeah. OK. And Jesus says, actually, in, in Matthew chapter 12, I think this is powerful. It kind of expands our view. Are you there? Matthew chapter 12, and we're going to look at uh, verse 46 through 50. Matthew 12, 46 uh, through 50 says, While he was still speaking to the people, behold, 
his mother and his brothers stood uh, outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, he says, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand towards disciple, the, his disciples, uh, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. And so here, when we're talking about, uh, when we're talking about, we need to, to expand our view and expand our understanding and our definition of family. Here, Jesus does it. He says, yeah, I got my mom. Yeah, I got my dad, but but especially he says those who are disciples of Christ. A disciple is a churchy word for follower. Those who are following Christ, those who are a part of Christ and his body. You know, he says, these are my brother and my sister and my mother and my father. So it expands the definition of what just what family is to not just flesh and blood, but also to those who are sealed because of the blood. Come on. Oh, that's good stuff. I want to run, but I'm going to sit, stay seated. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So number two. Uh, with this being said, I want to say this. God, you know, is able to restore and expand families. In fact, say this with, say this with me. Say, God, God is able to restore, able to restore and, expand and expand families. He's families. able to restore and ex- expand uh, families. And the fact of the matter is this. You know, I don't know who you ca- what you uh, came in here with. I don't know how your family is looking. I don't know what, you know, types of fractions or are, are, are factions are happening in your familial context. I don't know if you're, you know, we even heard someone in prayer request who was praying for uh, for a relationship to be restored. Mm-hmm. We just showed up today to tell you, yeah, we're talking about the ex- expansion of family. But even in your immediate family, God is capable of restoring families. Amen. Somebody that believe it, give God praise. I don't care what happened in your relationship. I'll never forget. I remember when I had an issue with my parents because of some decisions that I made, some decisions that I thought were, you know, and I still believe to this day were godly decisions and were related to my belief and my faith in Jesus and following him. And consequently, there was a division that happened in our household. Can can pastors be honest? Come on. You know, and it was to the place where I was wondering, I'm like, God, you know, is this really the way that our family is going to be? I mean, it was to the place where we were not talking with each other. We, we didn't talk for years uh, and with meaningful, with any sort of a depth because of what happened in our household. But I stand here to tell you today, praise God, that when we got ready to move back to Toronto, Canada, that my parents opened up their home in the transitional phase of our life. And they wanted, they were excited to welcome us into their home to be able to help us in our transition. And now I have the greatest relationship with my parents that I have ever had before. We pray together. Come on, even though we might not see eye to eye on everything, my dad be asking me, hey son, how many people did you baptize today? Come on, how many people got saved today? I just want to testify to let you know. You heard Pastor Chantel testify last week, but we want to testify that God can restore relationship. And in fact, in this moment, I just want to take the time to just prophesy and declare over relationships today. We declare restoration this morning. We declare peace in relationship. We declare the turning back 
back of sons and daughters' hearts to fathers and mothers. We declare that even where parents are are an animosity, having animosity towards children, that God would would soften hearts and return. Somebody who receives that this morning, give the Lord some praise. You know, as a uh, as a mentor, even as a parent or as a friend, a lot of times the the time that you invest in people, most times you don't get to see the full impact mm. of the investment you've made in people. Come on. And I remember a story I heard, I read a couple of years ago of this lady. She had 13 children, and 10 of them gave their life to the Lord, but she had three that didn't. Mm. And she kept praying for her, especially this one son of hers, to give his life to the Lord. You know, um, she was older. She ended up passing away. And one day her son was about 83 years old. And he, you know, one day he was taking out the garbage late at night, and the neighbor beside him was also taking out his garbage. And the neighbor said, you know what? I want to invite you to my church. Mm. Would you be willing to come? He's like, you know what? I don't know. I don't really do the God thing. But he's like, no, just come tomorrow. Come to church. The man went to church the next day. And that same day, they were doing baptisms. Not only did the man give his life to the Lord, but he got baptized that day. Do you know his mother was died years after, but her prayer was still answered years later after that. And so do not be weary when you invest in people. Do not be weary when you pray for people. It might not be in this lifetime. It might be on the other side that you will see the prayers or the things you invest in people. We get so frustrated when we think of people like, you know how much money I've given them or how much time I've invested in them that we don't see. But sometimes life happens. It does. And it distorts our view sometimes. And so sometimes people just need time. Sometimes they need God to do a miracle. Sometimes God is just creating the story. Amen. Writing the script for them. And so do not get weary in well-doing. So good. I think, you know, I'm really blessed by the concept of, you know, even as we continue to talk about God restoring and expanding families, you know, for those of you who loved ones are lost or or who, for the sake of the gospel, for some of you, people think you're waste youths because you're deciding to follow Jesus. And they look at you and they're like, you really go to church every Sunday? You mean like you don't sleep in after you've been waking up at the butt crack of dawn throughout the whole week? See, some of y'all don't know about that early time there, but <laughs> like you're, you've been waking up early all week and now suddenly you're showing up. Some, they're like, you show up at 7 a.m. to set up mm. a theater? Are you serious? You mean you actually give your money? <laughs> like you actually get, don't you know that the, all, every pastor's driving Bentleys and churches are dishonest and, you know, and they steal money and all of this stuff. And they tell you all this stuff and try to jade you from uh, investing of your time, your talent and your treasure. Because and you're like, nah, man, that's not my church. I know what you heard, but I know what I've experienced. Come on. And the thing is that some of us may lose family or some people may walk out on you because you've decided to follow Jesus. But how many of you know that even as we're talking about it, God doesn't just restore point number two, but he also expands our family. Here it is. I love this. This was such a blessing to me when I think about what Jesus, uh, what Jesus says in Mark chapter 10. Everybody say Mark chapter 10. And verse 29 and 30, Jesus says, Truly I say unto you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive 
a hundredfold. Everybody say a hundredfold. A hundredfold. Now in this, y'all said that really dope. You're like a hundredfold. <laughs> a hundredfold. He says, and now I lost my place. <laughs> Where? Oh yes. Now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. Uh-huh. So you may be in a place where for the sake of the gospel, you may have lost some things. You may have lost some people. There may be some friends that don't like you no more. There may be some people that don't want to hang out anymore because you have more purpose to your life than staying out and getting sloshed all night. Mm. But at the end of the day, how many of you know that God is faithful enough to expand your family and send people into your life that will support and stand with you in difficult times? And watch this also be mature enough to celebrate with you instead of hating on you when things are going well. And so I'm just so grateful for that promise. I'll never forget, you know, when we lived in Grand Rapids and, you know, my wife shared about the family that we have, friends that are still our family. I mean, our, our kids still call, <laughs> they stay, they call these people's children their cousins. And I'll never forget when Gabriel came to the place where he realized, he was like, wait, Lil Kendall's not my cousin? He's not my actual cousin? We're like, no, he is your cousin. Because family, especially in a Christian context, goes beyond Mm. just flesh and blood. And I wanted to add something is, you know, God will uh, send divine people that you don't even know that you need them. There was a season when we first got married. We lived in the States, and I was going through my immigration paperwork. And at the time, I just graduated, got a degree, thinking I'm going to get an amazing job, and I couldn't work. The amazing job. The amazing job. I could not work because I was working on getting my green card. And so at the time, my husband had to be the only one working at the time, and I was just home. And... um, I was home, and there was a family at a church that we were going through. And at that time, it's a long story, our backstory. But at the time, my husband was making minimum wage, like literally, like we were living in this one-bedroom apartment. It was beautiful, but we can barely afford barely anything at the time. And I remember, I remember days when my husband would leave. He's like, "I guess I'm, I'm fasting today." Like literally, there was no food. Y'all don't know about those involuntary fasts. Yes, yo, yo, he wasn't even trying to be deep. <laughs> And he he literally be like, I'm going to fast today. And I remember one Sunday we went to church, and there was this um, older couple, and they said, they had no idea what we were going through. And they said, hey, we have a box of food in our trunk. And, you know, you know Pastor Andrew, he does not eat meat, so they even had stuff that was vegetarian and stuff in the box. And we were like, God, thank you for bringing this family. And they, you know, they, they like, stocked our, our, our fridge, stocked our, um, our cupboards at the time. But you know that God placed them at the right time. At the right time. And you know what else I want to say, too? Also, I would say pride can get in the way in those relationships because you know what I had a good family at home but we didn't call home we had a good family at home that would be willing to help us but we were not willing because of friend we were you know new married I want my husband take care of me he was take care of me but there's a pride also you want to make sure we were doing the thing by ourselves independently but life is not meant to be independent yeah some of your loans are, are defaulted because you didn't ask for help 
Some of you have those relationships that are broken because you didn't ask for 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 help. Seriously. Can I can I even say this? And I just want to piggyback off that because a lot of you, this is the thing, you got your living parents and you and because of pride, oh my goodness. There are people who wish they could still talk to their parents. And you may have some sort of a disagreement or some sort of an issue that, you know, some, some, some basic things that you are, a disagreement that you are allowing to hinder you from talking to your parents. In fact, somebody today, and I just sense the spirit of the Lord in this moment, God is, your, your restor- the restoration of that parental relationship is pending. Mm. And God has even released the grace for that relationship to, to be restored. But you need to put down your pride by his grace. And you need to pick up the phone. And I'm believing and I'm, dec- I'm, I'm looking forward to the testimony. Whoever you are, I want you to share that mm-hmm. when that happens. I'm believing a relationship is getting ready to rest- be restored because of a phone call you're getting ready to make. Do it in Jesus name. And you know, and you know, God has people waiting to help you. And a lot of times we are not willing to go there. And I'm going to share this very transparent. Probably kind of, I don't know if we shared this before, but... This is many years ago, maybe like 10 years ago. But my husband and I, we lost our home. It's a very, very emotional part for me because I had my two children in that home we grew up in. And I lost my home for not calling home for help. Wow. After the house was already foreclosed, then we called our parents. One phone call could have changed the trajectory of our life for that one call. Because pride got in the way. I had parents, we had, we had multiple parents and family more than willing to help in that situation. Mm-hmm. But it did not make that one phone call say, hey, we need help. We need help. Mm-hmm. And I, I really believe that pride can get in the way of so many relationships because we will not call for I remember the day thinking, we had a church back, in the, back then. And we didn't even ask the church, you know, Pastor Andrew's preaching like hard, like crazy, not knowing. We had Bible study. We had a small group that we were hosting in our house, not knowing that it was going to be the, the lights were going to be off next week and the, the sign was going to be on the door. You know, everything was shut down. We had, a, we had a drape blocking the other section of the house. And we were just thinking, you know, that people would think, oh, we're just trying to have privacy. But they, we didn't want them to see all the boxes that were packed up. In the kitchen. In the kitchen. We were, right. we were ready. And, but you know, God is so faithful. Let me tell you, I'm, I'm thinking, I kept thinking, I'm like, babe, what are we going to do with our life? Where are our kids going to live? I kept thinking, you know, you know the pursuit of happiness? <laughs> Every day I had that dream. I'm serious. I'm like, where are we going to live? What are we going to do? I mean, you know what? God is so faithful. Wow. We had a couple that come to our, you know, I think our church or we had a relationship and they said, hey, we're getting married. We have extra house. Do you know someone that needs to move into a house, three bedrooms, car, garage, basement? Cheap. The rent was so cheap. We're like, we know somebody. (laughs) We know somebody. And you know what? We literally, we had to be out of the house in like three weeks. We didn't know where we were going to live. You know, the kids had no idea. that We were really small at the time. They might have been like two years old, three years old at the time. And literally, they didn't. We went to the house. We walked through the house. They didn't ask us any questions. So when do you want to move in? I'm like, what? They didn't ask no security deposit. They didn't ask no like application. They're like, when can you move in? And let me tell you that we not only moved in, that we were able to still like um, have family functions at our home and that stuff. But that was uh, for us, God showing that God is with us. And I'll, and I'll also say that even with the foreclosure, it's crazy because the mm-hmm. way that God did it, it didn't even affect our credit. No. Because of 
because of the way that we got the home, um, we, we didn't even do anything to our credit. We still got good credit, yeah. you know, in the United States, despite what took place. And you know what? What's so powerful about that? Because it shows that even when you make mistakes, come on, and even when you don't do things the way that you should, as it pertains to your families, how many of you know that God is still a God of grace and mercy? Come on. And some of you, you might have been rude to your parents. You might have been dishonoring or to your family members, to a brother, to a sister. Things may be jacked up, but I just encourage you. I don't know why I just keep getting pulled in this direction, but I just believe that God has restoration mm. for family. Some of you are like, it's my fault. Well, thank God for forgiveness. Mm. And thank God that he still can do things and restore stuff even when we don't do everything the way that we are supposed to. And God is creating a story. You know, I always I think about like, you know what? That's why we're very passionate about marriage. And if you come through our marriage counseling, we are very honest and real because we've made a lot of mistakes. But God has done amazing things also in our relationship, in our marriage, that we want to extend that gift to other relationships. Because because so many people are so private. Yeah. There's a lot of damage that happens in privacy. Whoa, whoa, so good. And we've been we've committed that we will as much as we can, and even though it can be. Sometimes, at first, when Pastor Andrew used to tell the stories, I'm like, oh my lord, is he really going to go there? But I've learned more and more. Those stories have helped so many people because so being so real and honesty. I'm thinking like when he tells like, oh, he had a poor addiction. I'm like really, did you have to go there? Um, but you know what? There's so many people struggling with that demon, and we want to give hope to people. There's things in your life right now that you're going through that you don't want to tell anybody about, but you might be the very key, you said before, to unlock someone's destiny because by sharing your story, there's power in your story. So good. And, you know, with that being said, as we transition and we we, we get ready to close here, I just want to talk about, uh, I want us to talk about the power of mentorship. Come on. Right? Because there's some of you who are like, you know what, I'm not parents. And this is why we're expanding this view um, of, of what it means to be family. You might not be parents. You might not have natural children. However, the call is on our lives, especially the call of discipleship mm-hmm. is one of uh, of disciples is one of mentorship. Mm-hmm. I think I said that right. The call to discipleship is especially one of mentorship. Yes. And, you know, there are two things that happen through mentorship that I think are so powerful. You know, and I kind of shared earlier just the beauty of my children getting to grow up, uh, you know, being able to have mentors and people around them, guys and gals that they can look up to who can pour into them. And you should be in two places in your life. Mm-hmm. You should be being mentored by someone mm-hmm. or people or you should be in a place where you are or and rather you should be in a place where you are mentoring someone or people you know and i'm so glad that you know because pastors need pastors come on and some people think and this is the issue this is why a lot of pastors fail and fall is because they're not accountable to anyone and uh and so i'm thankful i have a pastor and then as you know there's a there's a board of five overseers it's something that arc champions that we're so grateful to be a part of there are five leaders that that mentor me, big brothers and colleagues in the ministry that hold me accountable aside from my pastor. And then there are, you know, there are many people by God's grace that I have the opportunity of being able to mentor some of you guys in here. And not only this, but also, you know, just over the years, sons and daughters in the ministry, God has allowed for us to be able to mentor and pour into. And so there are two things that you get through mentorship. And I think this is powerful. Mm. Uh, mentorship gives us both roots and wings. Mm. 
Roots, everybody say Roots. Roots. Not the movie, but Roots <laughs> and Wings. And Wings. In other words, through mentorship, it's powerful because you get to, when you're learning from someone and someone is pouring into you, it, they're able to give you a foundation. Mm-hmm. How many of you know that every Every one of us, no matter where you are in life, you are standing on the shoulders or the wisdom of someone else. Amen. You've got to be smart enough to know that you are not where you are because of yourself. Hmm. And so there's a big benefit. I hear Paul. Paul is an apostle, and you know, which is a fancy word for someone who church planted and oversaw people and, and mentored uh, younger people in the ministry. And the apostle Paul, you know, he mentored a guy named Timothy. Everybody say Timothy. Timothy. Timothy was an upcoming pastor uh, slash evangelist, and God used him to uh, impart into his life, which means to, you know, pour into him knowledge and wisdom and information uh, so that he could effectively go out and walk in ministry as well Mm -hmm. and the fact of the matter is that some of you are like I don't have children or I'm to the place where I'm not necessarily a physical parent but how many of you know that you may have the tools that someone else needs Mm -hmm. to be able to walk successfully when you were talking about transparency all I could think about is how oftentimes we're so private with information that the next generation needs to know. Mm -hmm. They don't need to look up to you to idolize you. Mm. They need to look at you as a signpost so that the generations ahead won't repeat the same mistakes as the generations past. Mm -hmm. And we're so private with stuff that that if we would pass it on to sons and daughters and brothers and sisters, that it would would be able to break generational patterns So that we could be more productive and the gospel could go forward in in a mighty way. And as people, we are not in the clipping business. Come on. When we want to give people wings, we want to actually let them like really soar. Too many people, too many people want to clip people's wings. They want to hold them back because they're trying to soar somewhere. We don't want to have that. We want to be champions. We want to be on the same team as people. We want to be known as a celebrator, not a criticizer. Come on. That's go ahead. No, I'm saying our vision is to inspire others. Yes. And you know what? Let me tell you about that. Inspire. I've been challenged by that part, inspiring mm. others. You know why I've been challenged? Tell us why. I tell us why. I've been challenged because when someone wants to take my idea, my idea, um, or want to take an idea from us, or they want to um, duplicate it, sometimes I'm like, oh, man, like they took my idea. Versus if you want someone to be inspired, you have to be okay that someone might take your idea, copy it, and also duplicate it and not get the credit for it. Inspiration is not about, oh, I get, I get the pat on the back, I get the credit, I get the name. You know, the, you know those people on social media that do the quotes without putting the person's name? <laughs> I see my quotes out there. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, but when you when we have the thing to inspire someone, we have to be okay if we don't get the credit. Come on. We have to be okay if our name's not it. We have to be able, but we want to celebrate. You know what? They're doing someone. They're changing their community with that. Our life is getting changed with that. And so I can challenge sometimes with inspiring other people sometimes. My flesh wants to rise up. Wow. You know what's so crazy about the whole story? For some of you may not know this story, um, you know, but for some of you may know the story of David, Saul and David. Mm. 
And you know, Saul was got jealous of David because you know uh, they started when David showed up on the scene, who was just a little shepherd boy, and he comes out and he starts. He just becomes a mighty warrior, and God uses him mightily. And uh, they start singing, and you know how it is. The people around are like, you know, Saul killed his thousands, David killed ten thousands. And so, you know, in that moment, Saul gets vexed and he wants to waste David, right? He just wants to murk him off. And it's like, at the end of the day, what Saul didn't realize is that as a mentor, all that David did was still credited to Saul's mentorship Come on. and his leadership. If he saw it, that the scope and scale of his leadership was so magnanimous that the generation after him was able to cover more ground than he was. Mm. That's a that's actually a great and a powerful that's a big up to Saul. Mm-hmm. But he was so small minded in that moment that it hindered him from being able to celebrate his mentee. Right. Mm. And see, the fact of the matter is this. When you understand that God has called you to impart to the next generation so they can go further, so they can go faster, so they can go higher. And you understand that that speaks to your to your leadership and to your mentorship. Then you get to the place where you're not jealous but you're to the place where you push people instead Come of on. clipping their wings. You say, "Here, soar." Come on. And this one, this is an empowering house. That's why we're not jealous of you. That's why we do stuff like you know Vision Sunday and the Business Showcase because we want to see you exceed. Yes. I want to see my son Gabriel win more people to Jesus than me. I want to see those of you who are called to ministry in here, those of you who are serving in the house, I want to see you go further than me, especially the ones who are younger, because that just speaks to what God has on our lives and what God is doing in this house, and it brings bigger glory to him, whether we get the credit or not, as long as he gets the glory. Come on. That's what matters most. Come on. You know... And a good mentor will tell you, yes, to stretch you, even though you don't feel like, you don't think you're good enough, but they want to stretch you. But also a good mentor will tell you when to, when to no. It's not a good time. And I go, you know, we've made a lot of mistakes. We're just confessing today. Yeah. Some Confession. stories, confessions. Well, this is R&B, right? So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> Comfortable. <laughs> When we were, we, uh, my husband and I got, in, we got engaged um, earlier on when we were early on, and it was a Friday night. At the time, I had a really good mentor. Um, he was my small group uh, leader. Also, he was mentoring me to do other small groups, and it was a Friday night. Um, you know, my, Pastor Andrew was at worship, and I was at his house with his wife, and they were like, Chantal, are you sure you're supposed to get married at this date? Mind you, we were supposed to get married July 29, 2016. No, 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 no. 2006. It was 2000. We were supposed to get married July 29, 2006. And she's like, are you sure, God, you're really sure you're supposed to get married? Then I'm like, yeah, I love him. I feel God's calling us together. And the more and more he started talking, and he brought up the story of Jacob. He was like, if he loves you, he would wait for you. And at that time, I just got back from Hurricane Katrina, and I was finishing my last semester of school. I was kind of stressed out because I missed out a semester. And I'm like, I don't know how I can plan a wedding. Also, um, finish my last semester of university at the same time. And I was kind of getting stressed out. And they're like, maybe you should delay the wedding and I'm like oh no and then his wife turned to me he's like you know what you bought the dress already that's why and I remember thinking, oh, I don't want to call home. I'm going to be embarrassed to tell people that we're going to not get married. And I remember him coming out after worship over. He's like, you know, I'm like, babe, 
I think we need to, you know, I think we have to call off the wedding. I was like, the devil is a liar. <laughs> I rebuke you, mentor, in the name of... <laughs> I remember thinking, you know what? You know what? I'm really stressed out right now. I really need to focus on my education. Once I graduate, the moment I graduate, I will give you a new date. But right now, I cannot focus on planning a wedding. And I remember the next day, um, we heard a message. And the message the pastor preached was on divine detours. And sometimes that will, that will mentors will do to you. They will give you divine detours, what you think you thought was the right way. Not to know that realizing after um, when I graduated that day, we plan on getting married um, in November. It was only three months difference. But I'm so grateful that someone that spoke into my life that was allowing me to be able to focus on my education and then plan a wedding after that. And so, so many times we get so caught up on the no, but really a no can really be the biggest yes for your future. So good. And I'll read this scripture to end today. And um, how many of you have been blessed by this so far? Listen, so I want to read what Paul says to Titus, one of his mentees, another one of his mentees. Um, He says in uh, Titus chapter 2, he says, so let's let's go. Yes. So uh, in verse 1, he says, but as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Doctrine is teaching. Um, Older men are to be sober minded, dignified, self-controlled. Sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women Mm -hmm. to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands. Mm -hmm. That the... Their own husbands. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Mm-hmm. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. And in your teaching, show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned. Listen, here the Apostle Paul encourages that older, some of your translations may say elder women, it's not speaking about a pastoral position, but those who are older in age, that instead of spending time at home condemning the next generation, should spend more time pouring into this next generation. Older men should pour in to the next generation and set an example that they can have some solid shoulders to stand on to be able to do better in the next generation. I want to say for those of you who are older, a lot of you who come to the church, and I notice I'm not saying old, but older, you know, you come to the church and I realize some people, they're like, I brought my daughter here or my son here because of that. It was that young, new hip church in the city. And then what happens is they end up coming and they get saved or they end up coming and they're like, man, wait a minute. This ain't just a young people's church. This is a life-giving, life-changing church. And they end up staying. And I want you to know, for those who are even older, you are welcome here. We're not one of those churches that ignore the counsel uh, and the wisdom of those who are older and who have gone before us. You have a place here and we are thankful for your mentorship and we're thankful for the contribution that you make to this house. So God bless you. One more time, if this message has been a blessing to you, go ahead, put those hands together and give God the praise.